G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, looking for an opportunity to talk about our Christian heritage and how that's affected school teachers today. Here we are in the 21st century and a grand history. If you look back into Australia's Christian heritage, when it comes to education, uh, there is a big story to tell. Uh, Someone who loves to tell stories like this, Graham MacDonald, who heads up Children of the World. It's a ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ Australia, and uh, we've talked about a bunch of different identities and different topics uh, over the years now, Graham. But uh, let's talk about school teachers today. Uh, Welcome back to 2020. Great. Thank you, Neil. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, if we give school teachers a context uh, and uh, go right back to the first fleet's arrival on Australian shores, uh, what sort of value ought we ascribe to school teachers given the, the rich history we've got there uh, of the church and school teaching? Well, when the, the, uh, the first fleet arrived, um, there was really no plan for schools as such. And um, the, uh, the, the, the education of the children of the, not only the free settlers, but also the convicts, was actually picked up by the church. In fact, probably the first almost 100 years of education, as we understand it today, um, could be attributed to the Anglican Church and, and other uh, denominational organizations who came in and they set up schools, as we understand them, today not in necessarily in buildings but in um, in houses and in um, also in uh, churches and that they were the primary area where children got any sort of education let's dwell on that for just a moment uh, because when you talk about the first hundred years of this modern history this uh, colonial history that we have uh, there is a sense in which that has contributed to uh, what happened uh, by the time we got to around the uh, 1900 to 1920s was this rich fabric of Christian society in Australia and uh, some would say a time when uh, almost every person was Christian and almost every person went to church. Some of that could be attributed to the way that the churches took responsibility for education. It, it, it's true um, to a degree. Um, the the interesting thing is that when, when you go back through the records, um, People, even in the 1820s, as a, a, a surgeon by the name, a naval surgeon by the name of Peter Cunningham, who was um, not only a surgeon in the navy but is also an author, and uh, he was a very insightful person. He wrote a number of um, books about the early um, settlement, and and he he said in in one of his writings, he says, and I'll just read out this quote. And he's talking about the um, children of the prisoners and of the um, the free settlers. But he goes on to say, they're a little tainted with the vice so prominent among their parents. Drunkenness is almost unknown with them, and honesty proverbial. And and so the the 
impact of that early teaching, because obviously the the books that were used were the the um, were scriptural texts and all the Bible. Um, it impacted these young people's lives who come from, you know, quite dysfunctional families. I'd suggest, and yet the the surgeon of the day could write that. These children, their, their honesty was proverbial. The behaviour was exceptional, and and he's not the only one to write that. There's there's um, even uh, roughly about the same time, uh, Sir William Burton, who was the judge of the Supreme Court, he he was impressed by the law-abiding nature of the native-born, and he wrote something similar about the fact the behaviour of these children and young people as they were growing up under this type of teaching, how impressive it was and how it was so far removed from the, the, um, the things that their parents had been involved in. And, Graham, you're leading a ministry called Children of the World. And uh, here in Australia, obviously, your concern is for children, uh, the values that they develop, the beliefs that they develop. Uh, The role of the school teacher is really a a strong role that has such an incredible influence on children. It's something you can't ignore. You've got to, as a parent, you uh, look very carefully at the school teachers who are influencing your children. Well, you know, I think many, many uh, people could tell the story about that, that when they're going through school, they had the favourite teacher. And when that favourite teacher was there, they did well in whatever they were um, learning. However, there's also the teacher who um, was not their favourite and also um, caused them all sorts of grief. And consequently, they didn't do well at school. And, and so you're so right, because I think the, the, the critical thing is in all education, you know, irrespective of the curriculum or the subject, if you have a teacher who has a real passion and concern for the children that they're teaching, um, I think that comes through and that children respect that and they will in turn ultimately, I believe, embrace the teachings of that particular teacher because there's something in the child that says, that teacher cares for me, that teacher loves me, that teacher values me and and so the child i believe picks up on that and that also can impact their lives as well out of all of the schools in australia and uh, i think there's somewhere in the vicinity nine and a half thousand schools about two-thirds of those are state schools and about a third or almost a third of those are christian schools Uh, there's a certain values standard you expect in the christian schools in the state schools, perhaps it's a little bit more of a a grey area. What, as a parent, can you do to enhance the teaching experience of teachers in state schools so that they are an influence on our children in a way that we might think is a good way as a Christian? Well, I, I think I, I think the the um, part of the issue is Neil is that the sad part in the public school system throughout Australia. Uh, that they they want to be completely secular, and by that I mean they want to um, they want to teach subjects based on the premise that there's no God, there's no um, divine um, entity at all, and I think that's sad because the the evidence would suggest that. Um, through, through these teachings we talked about in the early part of the, um, our heritage, and the fact that today parents are talking with their feet. They're moving away from the completely secular type education into a, an ed- education system that do have faith components in them. 
And this is, I think, evident, as you say, that, you know, there's more and more people who are choosing to send their children to a school where there is a faith component, where there is, I believe, an understanding and a belief that the child is going to have a better moral teaching. The child is also, I, I sense, going to be safer. And, and so, as I say, people are, are choosing with their feet by moving into these schools that have that faith component in it. Graham, stay with us. We'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. Graham McDonalds is our guest. He's the National Children's Advocate for Children of the World. It's a ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ Australia. We'll come back and talk some more in just a few moments. We are back talking about the value of school teachers today. Graham McDonald is our guest. He's the National Children's Advocate for Children of the World. It's a ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ Australia. Uh, we have talked about in our previous segment the fact that all education in Australia from the time of the arrival of the First Fleet was basically conducted by churches. And we're talking about a hundred-year history of that church education. When we talk about some of the identities of Australia's history since the arrival of the First Fleet, Graham, uh, there are a number of identities that are quite outstanding when it comes to educating children. Yes, there certainly is. Um, I, I think probably the, the first one that Nick needs mention is the um, Richard Johnson, who was the first minister to, uh, well, he came out with the, uh, the First uh, Fleet. And uh, he he uh, could see the need for children to be educated, so he actually started in his own home. Um, he then went when he ultimately built his first church, he held it there. But he also uh, raised money from overseas, and he had two ladies that he um, had employed to get children into their into their homes so that they could be educated, because there was no other um, education as such available. Now, as we get into the 19th century, we discover that there's a whole bunch of migrants who actually have some influence when it comes to education. Yes, there is. There's, um, when we look at our history broadly through, throughout Australia, we have different groups that come into, um, in, into the education field. And uh, the, the thing, I think one of the, the interesting characters, for want of a better word, that I, I've come across is a gentleman by the name of Thomas Shadrach James. Um, he, he was um, of uh, Indian birth. He uh, was born in Mauritius and uh, ultimately came to Australia. Um, he was obviously a, he was a very intelligent man. He actually wanted to be a surgeon, but um, he got typhoid. He got over the typhoid and he ended up with shaky hands. And he realised that he would never ever be able to be a surgeon. And he was a, at that stage in his life, he was feeling pretty, pretty down about a whole range of things. Okay. Now, what about the indigenous communities? Uh, well, this, for some people, will be uh, you know even controversial. But uh, there was Christian influence when it came to school teaching, and including both white and Aboriginal people. Well, well Thomas, Thomas, um, he he actually was sort of searching for what he thought God wanted him to do. He ended up at a, a, a Christian meeting with um, Aboriginal and uh, non-Aboriginal folk, and he, he believed that God spoke to him at that meeting. And God, he felt that God said to him, you need to be a teacher. And so um, at, at that particular meeting, he met uh, a couple who were running a, a mission uh, com- compound, um, 
a couple of hundred miles away, and uh, he went up and he got talking to them, and he said, I, I, want, I want to be your teacher. And uh, they said, well, we'd love you to, but we've got no money. He said, doesn't matter. God has spoken to me. This is what I need to do. So for the next two years, um, Thomas taught the um, Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal children um, from the Bible, using mainly uh, Bible as his textbook, and taught these children not only about the things of God, but also about behavior and justice and a whole range of things like that. And eventually married an Aboriginal woman. Yep, when he, he married an Aboriginal woman, and uh, that also ingrained him um, deeper into the Aboriginal culture. And, and he was, he was an, an ex- exceptional teacher, an exceptional educator, because he, he actually, he, he not only taught them how to read and write and to, to do arithmetic, but he taught them moral values, he taught them about justice, injustice, about inequities. Um, he, he really taught them more than just education subjects. And, uh, and, and to his credit, he had uh, a, a, quite a number of his students actually went on to be um, uh, quite active, in the, uh, particularly in the sphere of um, the Aboriginal activists in terms of trying to um, get a fair go, I suppose, for the Aboriginal folk. Because during that period of time, um, Aboriginal folk weren't even, even in the census. Um, they had literally no rights. Um, and were basically um, by, by by the government they actually by government law they actually didn't even exist. And one of his students was the now famous William Cooper, who we've spoken about on a previous occasion. Well, yeah, and, and he he was he was certainly one of those who um, who decide, who t- took on board the things that um, he was taught by his teacher and. Uh, he, in a very loving way, continued to um, lobby governments, and uh, he ultimately, from his initial um, instigation, there was um, Aboriginal Week, and then there was other uh, periods of time when the um, Aboriginal culture was celebrated, and today we celebrate that with Nyadoc Week. But he, he was one of the, the, the other uh, one other that was uh, that extremely. Um, strong Aboriginal activist who really uh, came to the fore was the former governor of South Australia, Sir Douglas Nichols. He also was one of the students of, um, of uh, Shadrach um, James, and uh, he also um, was encouraged, inspired to um, stand up for his people. And uh, yeah, as I say, there's there's two just two people that have actually um, impacted our our, our history um, in a, in a very very positive way that have come from the Aboriginal culture. Let's come back into the 21st century and talk about teachers today. We're talking about the value of school teachers, and school teachers they do have their limitations, but uh, there are some exceptional school teachers, and there are those who are on a learning curve. Are our expectations of school teachers too high? Do you think? I, I think the the um, the expectation on many of our, our um, teachers is um, is unrealistic. We we. There seems to be a, a generation, and it's not in every area, it's only in pockets, but there's generations of parents who, for whatever reason, expect their child to go 
um, to school. The, the, the family situation may be dysfunctional and have all sorts of problems, but there's an expectation that somehow the child will go to school, um, learn and come home and be completely different. Well, you know, that that's not not realistic. And I know from teachers that I've spoken to that, um, you know, they, they not only do they have to actually just teach, but they have to be um, sometimes the counsellor. They have to be sometimes almost, um, you know, crisis management people. And uh, I think the, the, it's, it's difficult for many teachers because there's such a, a wide range of expectations and um, I think that's a shame because it diminishes their ability to be able to teach whatever subjects they happen to be um, trained for. And, of course, there's a famous old saying that says it takes a whole village to raise a child, and the teacher is just one of the elements there. I guess ultimate responsibility for raising a child and for values and for biblical understanding, it really comes back to parents, doesn't it, Graham? certainly does I certainly does and I think therein lies also a part of the, the 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 problem that if the parents are not supporting the teachers in what the teachers are trying to do with their children and whether it's discipline or whatever it might be um, and, and I keep I hear stories of you know who parents who come up and abuse the teacher because they've disciplined their child for whatever reason obviously the child needed discipline but the parents don't support the teachers and and so it just seems to me sometimes it can be a bit difficult for the um, for teachers and dare I say even for principals to be able to manage not only the children in the school but the parents who are outside the school. Graham, what sort of ways would you encourage listeners to our conversation now to uh, to get out of the criticism mode and get into a support mode of uh, how to value? Uh, the teachers of your children in class. How do you actually draw alongside or get supportive? What's what's a good way to approach that? Well, well, I think for, for me, I think that there's a very. It, it's very simple. Is that you know to um, be encouraging to teachers, to be supportive of them, and to demonstrate that by you know, but, and come beside them and sort of recognise that hey, you know, you, you've got you have some good days and bad days, you know, some difficult times and good times, you know, and and let pe- let the teachers know that you are thinking of them, that you are concerned for their well-being, because like I said originally, you know, if the teacher is not functioning at 100%, then their ability to teach is also diminished. And I think we need to, need to try and encourage all our teachers at whatever class or whatever level, we need to be encouraging and supporting them. And, um, yeah, I, I encourage people to go out of their way and, and make themselves known to the, the teacher and tell them, say, thank you for teaching my child. Well, good to talk about the value of school teachers and how you can draw alongside and be supportive of them and uh, and speak well of them. Uh, Graham MacDonald is the National Children's Advocate for Children of the World, a ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ Australia. The website for Children of the World is www.children.org.au. Graham, always good talking. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Great. Thank you, Neil. Appreciate the opportunity. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.